0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Matic. You can find me at Davis Matic. In this episode of the podcast, we are going to be previewing the Atlanta Falcons from a fantasy football perspective. Uh, every day uh, from now until I'm done with all of the teams in the NFL, we will be previewing a team in the National Football League at the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. Of course, if you enjoy these podcasts and want more, more content from the RotoExperts crew. You should go to RotoExperts.com and purchase our NFL 365 package. You can get 10% off of the NFL 365 package using the promo code Mattek, M-A-T-T-E-K. You will get access to our projections, our customizable cheat sheets, rankings, premium content for redraft, best ball dynasty, our ultimate guide to winning draft, best ball leagues, our ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, and much more really it is one of the absolute best values that exists in the fantasy football industry. I'm very proud to associate my name with it. And now let's go ahead and get into previewing the Atlanta Falcons offense from a fantasy football perspective. Things start off at the quarterback position with Matt Ryan. He is obviously under no danger of getting benched. Uh you know, had an MVP quality season 2 years ago and does really look like he is going to be, you know, probably one of the best eight fantasy football quarterbacks uh, is not going to add the rushing that some of the other candidates around him are going to add. You know, Kyler Murray is going to add rushing yards. Cam Newton is going to add rushing yards. Jameis Winston adds a little bit with his legs. So Matt Ryan is not going to do any of that. However, in back-to-back years, Ryan has had, you know, just really studly seasons. 608 passing attempts last year, 4,924 yards with 35 Passing touchdowns, a really great year in 2017 as well, Uh, you know, averaging uh, 7.7 adjusted yards per attempt. And then in 2016, he averaged 9.3 adjusted yards per attempt. I don't really have any concerns leaving my draft with Matt Ryan as you know my, my quarterback one. He's not really a guy that I target all that often, just the way that my rankings break out. Uh, it, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to leave the draft with him. I, I actually get him more often in play draft best balls when I'm drafting in the play, ball, uh, the play draft best ball championship so I can pair him up with Julio Jones. Uh, but overall, Ryan not one of my most invested quarterbacks just because he doesn't have that rushing upside only. 33 rushing attempts last year 125 rushing yards so only 12 points from rushing and then did actually get a couple QB sneaks so he had three rushing touchdowns last year but we're not expecting that to be repeatable I think you know a back-end quarterback one season from Ryan is fine. No no one is excited about drafting Matt Ryan, though. You know, really, outside of that 2016 season, he hasn't flashed a ton of league-winning ability, and the offense is definitely different now with um, Steve Sarkisian calling the plays as opposed to Shanahan. So that is where they are at with their starting quarterback. The backups, Matt Schaub, uh, you know, no upside to Matt Schaub. If, if he gets in, he's a super low-end quarterback, too, in super flex leagues, like, uh, like in the scott fishbowl matt schaub is not even going to get drafted he's not even one of the backups that possesses upside enough to even be worthy of a roster spot like someone like teddy bridgewater third string quarterback Kurt Benkirk. Actually, there's been a little bit of chatter about Benkirk this offseason pushing Schaub for the backup duty just cuz he has such a cannon, but I, I don't really ref- I don't think Benkirk is a guy we're going to see start a ton of NFL games, you know, maybe maybe 3 or 4 starts in his NFL career. More likely probably a CFL quality player. The running backs, however, are actually pretty interesting, very different than the quarterback situation. So Devonta Freeman is the starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons, but each of the last three seasons, Freeman has been in a split with Tevin Coleman, who is now in San Francisco. And Tevin Coleman last year led the team in touches with 119. He had 44 targets in 16 games and 167 rushing attempts so all of that is now gone and Freeman only played in two games last season now the coaching staff has said that Freeman looks good Uh, you know the groin injury is not killing him he looks like himself he's ready to go you know I am just not so sure about that I think Freeman if he stays healthy for 16 games is a pretty obvious value where he is being drafted so you know in his in his career in 2017 to 232 touches, 2016, 281 touches, and in 2015, 338 touches uh, with 14 and 13 touchdown seasons in 2015 and 2016. The issue that Freeman is going to have is that the Steve Sarkeesian Falcons have definitely been a big running back by committee team. So when Freeman went down last year, Ito Smith came in. Now, Ito was not great only averaged 3.5 yards per carry, only averaged 4.8 yards per target. So that, that, that paints the picture of a pretty inefficient fantasy football player. However, I do think this offense is clearly pretty talented, right? Like they have a former MVP quality quarterback. They have Julio Jones. They have Calvin Ridley. They have Austin Hooper. They have some really fast and interesting players who play in the slot. So we grade this out as one of the you know eight best offenses in fantasy football, probably. So Freeman has value based off of that. But but so does Edo Smith. You know, Edo Smith is actually one of probably one of my favorite values overall in drafts, simply because his upside is really high if things go right for him. So he already is going to have some week to week value. Coach Dan Quinn said, uh, you know, after the Super Bowl in February, that Edo Smith is going to see a significant increase in offensive looks this season, and that makes a ton of sense. They use a two back system, and even if the season starts out with Freeman as the lead back and Edo. Smith as the complementary back we have seen the you know that Tevin Coleman role the the 1b role you know there's 10 to 14 touches a week available uh you know in big in big wins they're probably more likely to give Smith the carries as opposed to Freeman simply because they're trying to keep Freeman healthy for a potential playoff run uh so Smith you know Smith is really I think uh, a strong value like I, I I've gathered Smith up in a lot of my leagues because I think his floor is pretty good and his ceiling is a top 12 running back in fantasy if Freeman gets hurt because the guys that they have behind Freeman and Smith, none of them really fit in those same roles the way that Freeman, Smith, and Coleman all did together. So behind Freeman and Smith they have Kenyon Barner who at this point, uh, you know, he has just bounced around so many different NFL teams and has never really found a role. I remember last year in a, a really deep league that I'm in, I actually draft, I actually picked him up on waivers when he got signed by the Patriots because you know they just had so much going on in that backfield. I thought maybe Barner ends up there and And what actually happened is Kenyon Barner was you know just didn't play well enough and seeded the starting running back position when everyone got hurt to none other than Cordarell Patterson. So Kenyon Barners actually been in the NFL since 2013. Started out for Carolina, got cut, went to Philly, stayed in Philly for 4 years, got cut, went back to Carolina and then ended up in New England. He really is just a special teamer. He's been in the NFL for 5 seasons now, has only 96 carries, 35 targets, 118 total touches. Uh I just don't I just don't think of Barner as a a particularly strong asset. But the other guys they have there aren't either. Quadre Olson is really more of a fullback and probably is going to be a special teamer early on. Brian Hill is actually a little interesting to me though. So the thing about Brian Hill is that he has real NFL size and was also, you know, he was he was a legitimately decent player in college at Wyoming and I you know, he played he played decently last year, and I think the Falcons were encouraged by what they saw from him. He rushed eight times for 115 yards in a, a Week 16 win against the Panthers and actually played better than Tevin Coleman in that game. I could see Brian Hill if— Devonta Freeman were to get injured I could actually see him taking over you know the the plotter role the first and second down role with Ido Smith staying in his satellite back role so Brian Hill haven't really drafted him in best balls but he's someone I would think about adding in dynasty leagues because I just think he's better than Quadre Olsen and uh, that definitely has some value on this team because we project them to score so many points and gain so many yards moving to the wide receivers and the uh, the tight ends what more needs to be said about Julio Jones he is entering his age 30 season, but we haven't really seen any any marked signs of decline for him? You know he he just has been as good as he's always been the last uh, three seasons. Nine point nine yards per target, nine point eight yards per target, ten point nine yards per target in that crazy 2016 season where he had uh, 1,400 total yards. But actually in 2015 he led the league in in yards again. He actually has led the league in receiving yards in 2015 and 2018. You know he he's just one of the absolute best fantasy football assets that you. You can find. No- nothing bad to say about Julio Jones, even though he is entering his age 30 season. He might be a little bit of a dynasty sell, especially if he starts the season um, pretty well, just because we know what happens with really explosive wide receivers after they turn 30, 31. We saw it happen with Larry Fitzgerald. We've seen it happen with loads of players. Jones can probably play in the NFL for another five years. I, I think probably he will, and he'll be effective. But he's going to see lower yards per target, probably uh, you know, just less targets per game, just because as he loses that explosiveness, he lo- he does lose a little bit of his value down the field. Uh, and then opposite Julio Jones, we have Calvin Ridley, who I am not personally. Personally, crazy about. There are a lot of other guys that I prefer to draft where he's going. Uh, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, uh, Robert Woods, DJ Moore, uh, Christian Kirk even. These are guys that I prefer to draft over Calvin Ridley, but I understand... Theoretically, why people are into him. I didn't really like Ridley as a product because, or as a prospect rather, because he was, you know, not super athletic. He was a little overage, and his value is definitely spurred on a little bit by the fact that he had those crazy touchdown games. He had ten touchdowns on only ninety-two targets and eight hundred and twenty-one yards last season for Atlanta, averaging eight point nine yards per target. So all in all, you know, a pretty good season, but not a great season. He actually got out-targeted by Mohamed Sanu, who is going to remain there as the slot wide receiver for Atlanta this year. And and I, I guess it is worth noting, Ridley didn't start the year as a starting wide receiver. He was splitting time out wide with Sanu, uh, with Justin Hardy, with Marvin Hall, a little bit of Rust, Russell Gage in there. But yeah, I mean, the, there's clearly some value with Calvin Ridley, but not a player that I am excited to draft, not a guy who ends up on a ton of my teams. I just don't think I don't think that there is a ton of upside for him unless he again just has a sort of crazy touchdown season which certainly is possible and I, I've tried to draft him a little bit more in play draft best balls recently but I'm also overall not crazy about it and prefer a lot of the other guys going in a similar ADP range. Muhammad Sanu you pretty much know what you're getting with him I actually like drafting him in like 14 and 16 team leagues because because every year he is going to see 80 to 90 targets. He's going to have at least one crazy game where he you know, throws a long touchdown, catches a long touchdown. That's, that's just been his role in in this offense for quite a while. And uh, yeah, just, there's just not really much to say about him. He'll have, you know, 12 to 13% market share of the team's pass attempts and uh, will just be we'll just be sort of okay, but it's not going to be someone that you're rushing out to draft. Austin Hooper, though, is actually sort of interesting. So he's going after that uh, that Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, Eric Ebron tier of tight ends. But I'm not Actually sure that he should be. Like if you just compare him to Eric Ebron or Jared Cook, the Falcons are probably gonna pass more than the Saints, and they're probably gonna score more touchdowns than the Colts. And Hooper had a pretty consistent role on that offense last year. He had eighty-eight targets last season, I was able to only score four touchdowns, actually got outscored in receiving touchdowns by Tevin Coleman, which just sort of feels bizarre. That doesn't feel like something that is particularly repeatable. So I think Hooper has a, a decent bit of Ceiling in this offense, and is one of the few tight ends you can get after pick 100 that's going to have a pretty clear role week to week. Uh, the backup tight ends not a ton to offer here. Luke Stalker, pretty much a blocker. Logan Paulson, pretty much a blocker. Eric Sobert, Sobert, Sobert. Uh, he's someone that like deep NFL nerds have been into for a while. Gotta be honest, I don't super see it with him. Uh, you know, maybe maybe in your your super deep. 40-man 40 roster, 14-team 40 uh, Dynasty League. He's worth a hold, but not particularly interested in him. I think this is Austin Hooper and everyone else. So that is uh, going to do it for us here at RotoExperts.com, the RotoExperts Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check out RotoExperts.com for the NFL 365 package. You can see the projections and rankings that I have for all of these Atlanta Falcons. And uh, yeah, that, that should do it. See you on RotoExperts.com, guys.